Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's 4 o'clock on the number one sports talk show for your drive home. I mean, you know how it is, rocking and rolling and whatnot. This is Dukes and Bell. Brought to you by Finley Roofing. We've got you covered. Atlanta's most trusted and recommended roofer. On Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Hope you had a very Merry Christmas. We're heading to 2024. It's Dukes and Bell. We're back after Christmas Day. And we are talking about all things Falcons as the Falcons get a big win against Indy. We'll be up there tomorrow talking with Coach Arthur Smith, uh, a couple of players as well. So make sure you tune in on Wednesday. Uh, on this Tuesday, though, we got to talk some college football. And let's do that with our man, Connor Riley, and talk some dogs. <laughs> On the sidelines with the dogs. Connor Riley, who hasn't opted out for Florida State at this point? It's starting to look like they're not even going to have a team to show up. Of course, I'm over-exaggerating. No, you're exactly right, Carl. 14 players, including six studs, not playing. Well, this doesn't look very good for Florida State. Connor Riley, welcome in. Give us your thoughts. Yeah, I'm not surprised that guys like Ken Coleman and Jared Verse have elected to not play in this game. Those guys, I think, are obvious first-round picks. And you think back to when Georgia was first in this situation back in 2018, they did have a fair number of guys opt out there. So, like, I'm not surprised a few of them have. I think when you add in the fact that the transfer portal is now so prominent, I think that has sort of combined to, to create a real, I think, disaster situation for Florida State. Georgia is obviously not going to be at 100% for this game, but because they've been in this situation before, I think they're a little bit better equipped to handle it, as I think you've seen so far. Yeah, look, uh, you know me, man, Diana Wool, Garnet and Gold, it's just, it's tough. You know, you get the rug pulled out from me. We talked about this earlier. You know, it's human nature for some of the folks. Look, I get it. You want to make a statement, especially for guys, you know, that are going to be continuing to play next year and all the underclassmen. Same goes for UGA. We'll have a chance to get out there and shine. But, Connor, you don't replace the guys Florida State is not going to have out there. You just don't. They're just, they're too yeah. important. They're too big. And FSU is probably going to get beat by three touchdowns in this game. No, yeah, you're 100% right there, Mike. Like, I know the college football playoff committee, Kirk Herbstreet, said, you know, this wasn't the same Florida State team that didn't have Jordan Travis. Mm-hmm. I think you can overcome, you know, not potentially having Jordan Travis out there. But right. when you lose a guy like Keon Coleman, who had 11 touchdowns this year, Jared Verse, who was first team all ACC, you're leading rusher Trey Benson, Jaheim Bell. Uh, when you lose all that talent, it just becomes really, really difficult to, to try and maintain against a, a Georgia team that, maybe the second or third best team in the country has won 29 straight games before losing to Alabama there. And I think a team in Georgia that is going to be motivated and want to come out and show that you know, going into next year, this is still one of the premier programs out there. And Florida State, again, you know, it's a great season that they've had, but this is, a, I think, a pretty big point in transition for them. It was always going to be that way. Unfortunately, you thought this would have happened potentially in a college football playoff semifinal after winning the ACC, and that just didn't turn out to be the case. Right. And just to wrap it up, you know, Tate Rodemaker, I understand why he's leaving, you know, Connor, because, you know, he's been asked, hey, we need you to really step up and, and dial in. And meanwhile, they're talking to DJ Uyunglele and Cam Ward and every other quarterback who's possibly in the portal. So, you know, I, I don't, I don't, you know, I, I understand his mindset for saying, hey, sorry, in the 11th hour, I'm out of here. 
Right, yeah. I mean, you do as much as you can, and, you know, you think maybe I have a chance to be a starter here next year. Maybe this can be a springboard. In the old days of college football, that may have been the case, but with the ability to go out and get an experienced guy in a Cam Ward, potentially a DJ Uyungle, you know, at a certain point, like, I I understand why fans want, you know, the team, people to put the team first and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, like, Tate Rodemacher has to put himself first here. Because I don't think Florida State has necessarily done that going into 2024. And Tate, you know, you only have a, a limited amount of time to actually play college football. And I think you have, you owe it to yourself to get the most out of that. Connor, talk to me about this running back room. Um, I'm looking at a lot of guys, including the kids they signed, right? They signed three running backs. Tell me Kendall Milton and Dewan Edwards are gone. Are they going pro? And if not, then what's this going to look like even with ETN coming in? Yeah, the expectation is that Kendall Milton and Dejan Edwards will go pro after the Orange Bowl. And if you're Georgia, you know, before bringing in ETN, you know, Branson Robinson is coming off a patella tendon injury. You're not really sure what you're going to get out of him. Uh, Andrew Paul, you don't really know what you have in him as he was a full year removed from his ACL injury this year. And then Roger Robinson only plays in four games with an ankle injury. And while you can like those three incoming running backs, you don't really have a proven guy in that running back room. And with Carson Beck coming back, I think Georgia owed it to go out and surround him with as much weaponry as possible. And so going and landing the top portal running back in Trevor Etienne, a guy who offers some explosive ability along with the fact that, you know, Sharing the backfield this year with Florida, I think he's got potential to do even more at Georgia next year. And the fact that he's going to be playing behind the best offensive line he's had, I think there's some upside there for Trevor Etienne to do even more. I don't expect him to be, you know, the guy that gets, you know, 75, 80% of the carries. That's just not how Georgia works. It's still going to be, I think, a split backfield to an extent. But when you have a guy that has shown the explosive rushing ability that Trevor Etienne has, you feel a lot better about what this running back room has going into next year. Does this spell doom for Billy Napier, by the way, or does he have to get in the uh, in the portal himself and just start pulling some names? I, I think doom has already been spelled out for Billy Napier. It might be in pencil, uh, and it might be getting traced over in pen here quickly, especially you look at the schedule they have next year. I think after their bye week, uh, they close with, like, Georgia, Ole Miss, LSU, Florida State, and I believe Texas, not necessarily in that order, but they play five top 15 teams from this year to end the season, and – you haven't seen a whole lot from Florida to inspire confidence that you're going to be able to win enough games and show improvement there. I think Billy might be in terminal trouble next year and losing your bet, one of your better players in Trevor Etienne to Georgia, I don't think puts you in a good spot heading into 2024. It is again, Connor Riley with us guys from dog nation as we're getting ready for the orange bowl coming up this weekend real quick. Uh, Daniel Harris, small deal, big deal. I mean, it just seems like I, I know that George is built now to take some of these blows, but still it seems like there was a lot of promise with that dude. It's certainly a deal. You know, he's not exactly gone yet. I wouldn't be surprised mm-hmm. if Georgia tried to get him to come back, even though he had put out that he had entered the portal. There were reports out there last night that he was in practice. He was practicing in Athens. Okay. And so I think it is certainly something to monitor there. But when you lose both Daniel Harris and AJ Harris, two guys that you just signed in the 2023 recruiting class, like that was not how it was supposed to go. And, you know, it's just part of maybe what recruiting at that cornerback position is nowadays. But I know the Georgia staff liked Daniel Harris a lot, long guy, really athletic. And, you know, following his recruitment, he was a guy who decommitted from Georgia. You know, it, it was the back and forth was, were they going to get him? Were they not? They ultimately do. And I still think 
this coaching staff really likes what they have in him. And, and so, you know, we'll see what he ultimately decides to do here. I do think that going into this uh, Orange Bowl, cornerback is one of the positions to watch because Georgia might be real thin at that spot, especially depending on what Kamari Lasseter elects to do. So I think this Orange Bowl might be pretty telling about maybe what the future holds for Daniel Harris, a guy I know this Georgia staff really liked. What are we doing game plan wise uh, in this game? Like, what, 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 what should we expect, you know, uh, as far as going up against this Florida State team? Yeah, they've lost a lot of guys, but listen, Kirby's not going to use that. You know, they're going to go out and try to win this game how they usually play. And somebody asked me, so is this going to be a dumbed down game plan? I said, I don't think so. No, I think that they're going to use this as a, I think, a chance to build off of next season and show what they can continue to do, you know. We'll see what the availability is for Brock Bowers and Lad McConkey in this game, given that they're both dealing with injury. But, you know, you bring back Dylan Bell, you bring back Dominic Lovett, you bring back a couple guys on this offensive line. I think from an offensive standpoint, you're going to get a chance to show and highlight a lot of the playmakers who are going to be big-name guys for you next year. And so, you know, maybe they might have a drive or two for Brock or Lad to sort of send them off properly. But I think we've seen before with this Georgia team – they know that they can use these bowl games at the end of the year to sort of reset and focus and look ahead into the offseason and use this last game to sort of make a statement and have that carry them into the offseason in terms of what team they want to be next year. Florida State, by the way, a 16-and-a-half-point dog, Carl, to the Georgia Bulldogs. Mm. I mean, we want to jump on this now or you want to wait for it to go? Mm. <laughs> by the way, Connor, as a, as a Knowles fan, the last time Florida State played uh, UGA was in 03 under Richt. And Anquan Bolden was under center because of quarterback injuries. <laughs> it's it's a, the stars never align when these programs meet. I guess is is the is the thought there. Yeah, you would think. I, I mean, you know, Florida State. You know, there are a lot of South Georgia people that you know go to Florida State from that you know Thomasville area mm-hmm. there. And I think Georgia and Florida State are set to play in like 2027. Hopefully by that point. Although you know, who knows? Maybe Florida State will be an SEC member by that point in time. They're able to get out of the ACC. Right. And by the way, uh, you bring up you bring up a great point because the uh, the lawsuit against the ACC goes down. Clemson, by the way, silent partner in all this, but everyone thinks they'll just they'll bail as soon as FSU sets the precedent. But uh, do you think there is a landing spot open in the SEC, or does it have to be the Big Ten? You know, I, I'm really interested in what the SEC is able to do specifically with, you know, the decision of do they go to a nine-game conference schedule. Mm. I don't think ESPN's all that interested in redoing a TV deal there, Mm. and I think that controls so much of it. But maybe if you go out and add a Florida State, Clemson, I know North Carolina and Virginia have been the other schools that maybe mentioned getting folded into there. I mean, at that point, you'd have a 20-team league, which seems absurd. But uh, I think the SEC, you know, geographically obviously makes a lot more sense. But I'll be interested in seeing what the appetite is for the SEC for further expansion. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. All right, uh, anything to add before we get to this game coming up that you uh, think no, that we that, that uh, fans need to know? No, yeah, the team is set to arrive here in Miami in about an hour and a half or so, and you know, I, I think this is this is a Georgia team. You know, obviously, season didn't end the way that they wanted it to, but I think this team's going to go out there and try and have fun and, and put forth a strong performance in this bowl game. Uh, you know, Florida State obviously making that maybe a little bit easier, but I think there is, this is a proud team that wants to go out. And, you know, they only get to play 13, 14 games a year. And so because of that, I think they're looking forward to this opportunity. And just real quick, because we're not going to get a chance to talk to you until after it goes down, but uh, it was funny when they had that selection show and Michigan player reaction when they find it's Alabama is four. It's like, ooh, it's <laughs> some sphincters got tight. Then it was like, Okay. Uh, so what do you think, man? Bama going to take care of business? Uh, you know, 
As a gambling man, I do like the idea of putting a little money on Alabama as a money line underdog there. I think they're a two-and-a-half-point dog right now in some books. Mm-hmm. So I think that'll be something to watch. I actually think that Texas is maybe the team that, if I'm picking right now, I think has the best chance to win it all this year. I know, obviously, they beat Alabama earlier. It's hard to beat the same team twice in the same season. But I, I like what they have in the way that they match up with Alabama. I do, too. Thank you so much, Connor. <laughs> we appreciate you, brother. And right uh, be safe down there and uh, have a good time. Yep, happy holidays and a happy new year, guys. Cool. Connor Riley, Dog Nation, a lot to digest. Bottom line is, this is not the Florida State team that you saw in week eight. No. It's just not. I mean, had Rodemaker, you know, been with them and to gotten ready, had they been in the Final Four and it would have been Florida State playing Michigan, you know, then that defense could have given Michigan something, but you got to have a quarterback and you can't do it without the players. And look, I, I know I'm getting hate mail now on the text line from FSU fans. Um, guys, Why? I live in the real world. I don't know what what our old agents say all the time, Carl. There's the world you want, and there's the world you live in. In the world we live in, Florida State's best players aren't playing. Not that difficult to figure out. Coming up, we got a lot more to get to, including you're going to hear Arthur Smith right after the game on Sunday with Dave Archer. As we'll get a chance to hear Arthur Smith, the coaching show is coming up at 6. Player segment tonight is T- Tyler Algier. It's Dukes and Bell. Like, uh, you, you can't take it. You, it's so frustrating uh, for you. But you said this, and I don't want to I don't right. want to tell you what you said, but you said to me a couple of weeks ago, doesn't mean anything to Florida State. It doesn't. I mean, it's just we've talked about this before, and I, I get it. I saw some fans earlier. We're just talking about, obviously, you know, the star players, the big dogs are tapping out. I'm like, next man up, but next man up's got to go up against Georgia's next man up. You know? <laughs> Therein lies the problem. Is that the thing, though, Mike, the fact that, like, it doesn't mean anything? Is that the issue? Yeah, well, it's two things, because even if you win it, it's what are you going to get? You're going to hang one of those, like, what we joked around about Central Florida a couple of years ago. National champs. Under the perfect season. Like, you'd be, you know, like the way Auburn feels about the, was it 2004, the year Tuberville and those guys we were left outside looking in. And had to play you in the Sugar Bowl that year. Yep. Just it's just now and now you throw in name you know NIL plus the portal and everything else and it's just it's just compounded things the weirdness of it all and just the other part of it, Carl is yes Norvell's done a great job down there in Tallahassee but there's no idea what next season it looks. Georgia Tech might be a seven point favorite in Dublin next year against Florida State. They'll have Haynes King coming back at quarterback yep. and Florida State will have insert transfer portal player here. So it's just that's where it's just as a as a fan, everything led to a moment, and then the, the Jordan Travis injury. Obviously, it, it is you know you can't you Carl you just can't overcome it. We all get that, but it's just hard because now it's it's like it's I I wouldn't go if I I got tickets. I can't give the tickets away. Somebody wants tickets to the Orange Bowl, you can reach out to me on 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 uh, Twitter if uh, I'll pass along. But Jordan Travis when he got hurt and the way the playoff committee handled things, it's just been the strangest year. And now you throw in this lawsuit. It's like you're in limbo, you know, and you yeah. don't know where you're going with the team and the conference and everything else. Very strange time. It is. There's no doubt about it. Uh, it's also a strange time for our Falcons because they put together a game that uh, we wish they could have played maybe the last three weeks. Should have played this way against Carolina. I know the weather sucked, but, again, you had your opportunities. They played really well against Indianapolis, and Coach Arthur Smith talked with Dave Archer about it right after the game exclusively right here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Art, sometimes you're – a lot of times you find out about somebody when their back's against the wall – your team was the backs was against the wall. What'd you find out? Um, it's you know what I thought they were, and it's it's all of us in the building. Uh, unbelievable job by the players and, and coaches, and that's why you love this game, Arch. I'm sure the same way because it's a lot like life. It's easy to get out there in front when everything's going your way, but you're going to find out who you really are. And those guys, we got a lot of warriors in there, and those guys came to work, 
and that was one of the better uh, complete team wins we've had since I've been here. Yeah, you talked about response, and you get an opening drive where this is a hot football team in, in the Colts. They go right down the field. Give them credit. They converted a big third down and long early. Take it down the field, score. Your offense comes right back and scores and really never stepped off the accelerator after that. No, that was our the goal. We wanted to be aggressive. We wanted to attack. That's kind of who we want to be, and uh, Taylor did a phenomenal job uh, setting the tone, really did a nice job understanding where to go with the football, kept us on track, uh, and guys made plays all over the place. Tell me about your defense and their ability to bow their back and get after this passer. Uh, they'd given up some sacks, but not six sacks. You guys no. got after them big time up it was front. A tail, right? They'd been the other way. They got some good pass rushers, and that was part of the, you know, when you're trying to scheme things and play calling about minimizing your risk and their, their strengths. And they, they'd been getting after the quarterback, and Gardner had been getting the ball out. We, you know, tweaked a lot of things, made them hold on an extra tick, and uh, guys responded. Art, your ability to get everybody involved, this was such an impressive deal where you had all three backs going, you had receivers going, and Taylor was doing a good job of dealing. Obviously, your offensive line had to take care of business up front, but talk about that and just your ability to get everybody involved. Yeah, well, that's, that's a credit to those players. When you get into the drive, so you're not having quick possessions, and then guys can get into a rhythm, and, uh, and that's what we want to be. It makes it hard to defend. we got a lot of good, skilled players. I mean, it's... When you get that, I mean, you, you look at that game, and, and it's not just, you know, Kyle made the, you know, the first touchdown. Drake made some big plays. And then you could feel CP and Tyler and Bijan, all three runners, and Janu. And then the, the, it's a little plays, you know, the Mac Collins and the Hodge and Scotty, even Van had a shot. And those guys being in the right spot, Taylor progressed. It let a lot of drives to keep going. All right, man. Merry Christmas to you. Go ahead. Hey, Merry Christmas, Orange. Thank you. Needed it. Uh, relief. Mm. Coach talked about it. Yeah, it was relief. Let's be honest. You lose this one. Mm. Complete confidence gone. So he needed to win. We needed to win. I think the team needed to win. And they found a way to rebound after a a, a terrible spot the week before, Mike. Didn't you feel like, I don't know, just watching this game on TV because I was down on the beach. And thanks to Day-Day, by the way, who does a great job engineering and producing – and hosting here at the station, he uh, he was the fill-in man with his crew, and they brought good mojo. <laughs> they they got the dub. They did. But it's just, it seemed like, I don't know, like you released the hounds a little bit. Now, I know that uh, Minshew looked like a backup, and, and they but they got after it. Some of it was by design. Some of it was blitzing. You know, some of it was, you know, the, the four-down lineman, Calais Campbell hitting this half-million-dollar bonus, Jesse Bates with another big pick, all those things clicking. We talked about the usage rate, where we always thought it would be with Bijan and Algier and everybody in the mix. Pitts with some big catches and another score. It just, it, it just seems like this is what happens when you have competent mm. co- quarterback play that Ritter just couldn't give you. And, look, I didn't like some of the play calling Carl earlier in the year, but it just seems like now they're letting it all hang out, knowing that Arthur's job could be on the line for the boss. Yeah, I and nobody on this team has anything to lose. Uh, there are guys who are going to be back, Jesse Bates. There are guys who are locked up and, you know, are going to be a core of what we're trying to build here. And they like this coach, as you brought up earlier. They There's, do. When we're up there, they, they believe in this coaching staff, even though sometimes the coaching staff makes it hard for the fan base to believe in it. Well, again, the players don't call the plays. The coaches call the plays. And, and when you, the plays are not executed, that's one thing. But, you know, it's it's one of those things where I'm going to go out and do everything I can, one, because I'm, I'm a professional. But, two, we've seen it even in the professional ranks. Guys, teams quit. Chargers did earlier this year. That, that embarrassing loss by the Raiders, that was a complete, like, I'm done. I don't care about Brandon Staley or his situation. And he ends up getting fired. And it was just a matter of time. I've never felt that way this season with, with Arthur Smith. We've right. been in every stinking game, every one of them. And so it's not about guys not wanting to go out and play. As a matter of fact, I'd be willing to tell you if you poll these guys privately on the defensive side of football, they're like, what the hey, man, we can't get this quarterback play right. Like, that, that's what I'm guessing a lot right. of these cats are thinking about 
but they're never going to say it because, again, it's a team thing. And, hey, you make mistakes, we'll go out, we'll try to correct it. But do you guys realize, like, this defense, Mike, this blew me away. This defense, Sunday, Falcons gave up their first rushing touchdown to a running back yeah. this season. Think about that. But And, look, I know we all kind of – all year. And I get it. I know we bellyache about not being able to get Dobbs on the ground or Kyler Murray, but this defense, look, you're not blaming the defense for this one. Okay, we've had two two losses, you can say, just tackle somebody and we'll get it. Maybe knocking the starter out against Minnesota was the worst thing we could possibly do. But this team's defense under Ryan Nielsen and the moves that were made have been solid. I think Ebicady's gotten better. Yes. I, I de- and uh, who's it yesterday? We saw Harrison out there, and he's starting to make some plays. He out there. is. He, he looked, is. He's always looked the part size-wise. You and I saw him at camp. We're like, dude, look at that. Because he was, remember, he was the dude that followed Chase Young at Ohio State. Never, That's right. Never lived up to the hype. That's why he was a third-rounder. But he looks like a dude which is coming around. Uh, Cade Nellis has been solid all season long. Landman's been great, by the way. You know, Landman's been a pleasant surprise this year. The hammer! And then the other guy, let me give a shout-out, and uh, we'll talk about this with Coach tomorrow. We'll be up there at Flowery Branch. Shout-out to uh, is it Clark Phillips. Uh, yeah. Akuda. Now, this was, look, guys, there was a chance, a first-rounder, you're always going to get a second and a third chance in the NFL. You gave Akuda a second chance. I think Akuda's chances of coming back here are kind of slipping away, yeah. potentially, at least, at least as a starter. But Clark Phillips, a guy you and I loved from the first day of practice, we saw him. He's really kind of coming to his own as well. He's out there shutting things down. For the first time all season, this team gave up a first touchdown on an opening drive. I just want you guys to think about this. I hadn't done that all season. All these games. And, and Sunday, they gave up an opening drive touchdown for the first time all year. Like, that that's the stuff, Mike, right. where you go, why are we not 10 or 11 wins right now? Could we have done this? Could we be a 10-win team right now if we just signed Derek Carr? Ooh. Because Derek Carr gives you – I'm, I'm like – I'm not – look, I'm not yes, saying – But yes. I'm, and by the way, for guys out there, I get it. You got everybody who feels we still have a chance, 10% to get the playoffs. There's guys like – But to answer your question, yes. Yeah, there's guys like me who feel that, you know, I, I'm still not sold on this regime and I, I don't know what the next two games or the last three prove to me. But – you go with a – I see Garoppolo's always – no one necessarily buys him. But you look at what Heineke is in this game. It's the most complete game offensively of this season, the most complete game, as Carl said, the whole picture, package, both sides. So other thing, only thing went bad was cool. And the stupid timeout <laughs> off a of spike. But that's Arthur being Arthur. We're kind of having to deal with that. Yeah. But I'm just wondering, there was only two big-name guys, and that was Carr and Garoppolo. Would anyone – if they're, if you get competent play a la Ryan Tannehill, are we a 10-win team in the playoffs? Yeah. Well, again. As opposed to rolling with Ritter, not giving him any time to know the job, no preseason save for one series, and then the, you're in, you're out, you're in, you're out. It's it's, But it's also clean football. I mean, Ryan Tannehill, as much as we talk about him, and no, I don't want him, John Fricky. Uh <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't Is want John banging the drum. <laughs> <laughs> I got to a point where I, I told Chris, "Don't start repeating these names." I'm with you. <laughs> See, that are available. I don't want him. Yeah, I don't, don't want him. <laughs> but but here's the deal, Mike. He was He's like a dog with a bone. Sometimes it's a bad idea. He he was competent, but he also just you know he didn't put the ball on the ground like right. this. He didn't throw the picks when they were good. We're talking about when the Titans were good. Right. I think the Titans went back to him this week. By the way, right? Will Levis was injured. Right. But yeah, man, I I think to answer your question. Yeah, to plain and simple. We don't we don't have to like there's no debating it. The answer is yes. Hey, coming up, five o'clock, West Durham, the voice of our Atlanta Falcons, six o'clock coaches show. But Mike, we got some guy talk coming up. Yeah, man. Where was the Christmas spirit on the highway on Christmas Day for me yesterday? My God. Wow. Yes, toxicity on the road. Man. Okay. Angry man. Road rage? Not me. I was like I was cool as a fan. <laughs>
I proved to my wife, I said, I'm going to take this drive from Amelia Island back home to Atlanta, and I'm not going to cuss once. See if I can do it. Okay. Now, also, what championship-winning coach's mom did I get a chance to buy shots for this weekend? It's all on the way. It's time for fun. It's time for guy talk. It's time for shenanigans. Brought to you by Hooters. If the game is on, it's on at Hooters. Any conference, all season long. Yeah, buddy, back to work on a Tuesday for Dukes and Bell. Tomorrow we'll be at Flower Branch talking to head coach Arthur Smith. You just heard a little snippet of him with Arch, and then we'll talk to Wes Drewham. Coming up at 5 o'clock in our Falcon Report. Uh, back from the beach, I know you uh, debriefed me on your week with uh, with the Fricky and the uh, and the show and everything else. And I tell you what, man, it's not to sound like uh, goofy, but it is kind of fun when you get back with your boy. And uh, by the way, the whiskey you got me, that Makers, that yeah. you brought back from Kentucky. Private what? Select. Giddy up. Good stuff. Killed that in about three days. <laughs> it's good really stuff. Like 90 man. something. It's like over like 100 proof. It's it crazy. Is. It smooth. is. I was drinking that with a splash. It was delicious. <laughs> oh, by the way, speaking of booze, while I'm on the subject, uh, I was in down in Amelia Island, and I know it was sometimes you, this time of year, we've done it now since COVID. We just discovered it, and it's dog friendly, and we walk the beach, and it's a great little town, kind of a little bit of a little bit of Key West in the vibe, and it's, it's I just love it to death. But we made some great friends. The guy that rented the house next to us was from Connecticut, uh, and he was on on his way to see the in-laws, and they had a few days in Amelia Island, and it was funny because he had like a little uh, English uh, setter was their dog, and so every day I take I get on the beach, and they, the dogs just go crazy running around, sure. splashing in the water, having a ball. And so I invite him back to the place, comes up, you know, meets the in-laws. We're drinking some drinks. I made him, you know, some cocktails, showed him what you had. Yeah. Uh, I drank some of the bourbon. You know, I said, hey, why don't you bring the wife over? He goes, eh, eh, she's kind of a, uh, really? She's kind of a pain in the arse. Oh. <laughs> oh. So he needed a break. So, and this poor guy's got to go down to, like, the villages. He's got more, <laughs> he's got more trip. He's got, like, a whole bunch of pit stops with these annoying relatives he's got to make. Because I, I saw the wife one day as I was walking the dog on the beach, and I waved. She's like, hey, like a half wave. Yeah. I go, why don't you bring her over, man? He's like, eh. And this guy's like 60 years old. He's been married for a while, so it's sure. not like you're just finding out about your wife. Sure. And I'm like, well, why don't you bring her over? Because we're all, you know, my, my best friend Tom and his wife came to visit, and we had like a big old house full of people. And he's like, nah. Just, uh. So he'd always come over. By himself. And, we'd, and I, you know, we had everything from my, my father-in-law, who's a hunter. He brought some, like, uh, some deer bologna venison, which is, you know, so good. We're eating that. And we're, you know, doing real, little crackers and cheese and a little bit of this and that. Mark comes over, and, and you know, he's like, I got to get back Really don't want to go back, but I got to get back. <laughs> so anyway, last day on the island, he comes over as I'm bringing Ike back. I mean, hey, I got something for you. I go, what? Bring me a bottle of this Irish whiskey, which I never heard of, and I felt a little embarrassed because I think I know everything about Irish whiskey, but it's called Writer's Tears. Okay. And it's a blend of, like, single malt and, like, pot uh, still whiskey. So it's, it's like a blended whiskey, but it's delicious. Anyway, mm. so I, I, I referenced it on, uh, on Twitter and a couple of guys said, I'm going to go check it out. But so he brought this as a as a gift. Hey, thanks for your hospitality. Just hanging out. Yeah. Let us hang out. That's cool. And I, I got to be honest, I felt, I felt really, I felt bad for the poor bastard. He just felt like he was, he was just really having a, he was, a tough vacation. He's trapped, Mike. He's trapped. No, man, you know what? It is cool. I will say this. To meet people uh, when you're on vacation like right. that, that you can hang out with, have drinks with, uh, socialize right. with. It, it, not everybody can do that, Mike. So you you, know, you run into these people and and it's cool and that's a right. that's a great gesture by him yeah. to say thank you. Very sweet. So good good guy. And right now he's probably in a, in a living hell somewhere in Florida. <laughs> with, uh, 
More of his wife's relatives. Uh, over the weekend, speaking of Amelia Island, well, we were down there. Uh, one of my favorite bars is called the Palace Saloon. If you ever get a chance, a lot of guys do know about this, and some guys are saying, hey, I'm going to go check it out this summer. But uh, it's a great old spot, and, and Ike's like the mayor in there. It's got, they got a sign out front, Carl, and it says, no children, dogs preferred. Okay. So you can bring your dog in the bar, which is kind of nice. If your dog, you know, hey, has himself. Yeah. And Ike always does. So we're hanging out, and this lady comes over. She goes, oh, my God, what a lovely dog. We start chatting. Charming uh, older lady. And we start chatting up, and it's Dabo Sweeney's mom. No way. Yeah. Uh, I did send you the picture, so Carl is, does know about it. But Carol McIntosh is her name. Absolute sweetheart. Yeah, when you sent that to me, I was like, come on. Yeah, He's yeah, like, no, hey, I'm being serious. Tyler. Hey, Tyler. I've, I've listened to <laughs> enough of you. And I was and like, so, really? Seriously? And, and delightful lady. And uh, Dabo's brother, uh, it's Tracy. And Tracy Sweeney basically runs all of Clemson security. So okay. he's the big, you see a larger bald guy with Dabo on the sideline, that's his older brother. I don't know how old you are. <laughs> don't really care. <laughs> and I'm, so, I was, so Tracy was there with mom. He was there with mom. And they had a, a bunch of friends. They were all staying on a house. And Amelia, because I believe Clemson was practicing at Fernandina Beach High School. Yeah. And then they're getting ready for the Gator Bowl this week. They're playing the Gator Bowl versus Kentucky. That's right. So we start chatting. And sweetheart of a lady. And I, I told her about Barbara Dooley. I said, you know, Barbara Dooley. Goes, she said, oh, Coach Dooley. Oh, I've met her a few. I said, yeah, we have her on the show. I go, well, you should do something like this. She goes, I don't know if that would play <laughs> up at Clemson. Really? Yeah. Mom said that? Yeah. Well, because, you know, under the microscope and everything else. And, yeah, it's you know, a lot. It's and, a lot. You know, but absolute sweetheart and a real nice lady. So the photo's up at uh, Mike Bell. I know I, I didn't put Should I put it up? I told him I was going to put it up. Well, I already told the story on the radio. I might as well put it up. What's that? Oh, the yeah, photo of you guys? I do have the photo. I, I put it on my social media page, which you guys aren't privy to, but I, I, I put it up on Twitter because it's cats out of the bag. I just told 100,000 people on the radio. Moving on. Uh, one last nugget. Uh, today, watching uh, TV, there is a bowl game that's going on right now, the Quick Lane Bowl up in Ford Field. Yeah, I got money on it. You I'm bet? joking. I was just, if you bet Bowling yeah, Green, no, I'm joking. I'm like, you got you, problems? here's the deal. Nobody, yeah. are you watching? Your only way you're watching these games if you're at right. home still, you're, you're on vacation, there's nothing else on. That's right. the only way you're watching and look, these games. I, when we pulled in, we're, we're here at Colony Square in Midtown Atlanta. When I pulled in to this afternoon at work, it was half the parking lot's empty. So yes. a lot of folks are taking this week off. Yep. And that's great if you can do it. But if you want football, it was just on. Uh, but I'm, you know, when you look at the screen and you see the records of the squad, and it says Minnesota is five and seven. Mm. Like, well, I'm like, I thought you had to have six games to be six game bowl right? eligible. And, yeah. Well, I looked it up, and why are they in this game? At five and seven, Minnesota qualified for the bowl season because Carl it had the highest academic progress rate score amongst all of the teams that had five wins. So they no, qualify. No other five and seven teams. So I guess when you when you're looking to fill a bowl and you can't find a viable six win team or another five win, they go to let's go to the scorecard. Let's go to and academics. They, yeah, and they go to because the stuff that we never ever talk about, especially in the in the day of NIL and transfer portals. At some point, some of these kids do hit the books. So that's why the Gophers are in this and they're leading Bowling Green with about 11 minutes to go. That's why Vanderbilt always wants five wins because that's an automatic buy-in for them. They they get five wins, they're in regardless. Nerds! <laughs> See, that's the thing. I'm thinking like, so you're telling me all those years with Jeff Collins, Georgia Tech couldn't have pulled this off? Well, again. Georgia Tech did get it one time, yes. Going to the right. qualifying, you know, this qualifying factor. Do you like this, by the way? I mean, this is, again, I mean, we need to fill a bowl. Look, that's what I, it is. I, I'm, I'm done with the debate about bowl games. You know, I, I felt, you know, we're, we've rewarded media for sure. far too long in this country and many in, in many different theaters and venues. But, <laughs> but I digress. But uh, in this case, look, if the kids get a kick out of it, it's a trip down to, or in this case, exotic you know, Detroit. Well, I guess if you're a Minnesota booster, oh, Arthur booked a weekend. We're staying at the we're staying at the Marriott, don't you know, right by the casino. So you go down there, you play some craps, and you can, you can drive back to Minnesota, right? Same goes for Bowling Green because it's a short hike. Hey.
Oh, you betcha. <laughs> anyway, so that's why the bowl game's out. Speaking of hopping on the road this holiday season, you were mostly local? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we were here, chilling. Right. Uh, it's been great, man. I mean, to not have to do anything and people coming to us, it's been great. Man. So I just want to give a shout-out. once. I say this every time I go south on 75, but that express lane that they've got south of, like, Eagles Landing or wherever it is, it takes you down all the way past, like, the racetrack. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's the greatest invention in the world. It's just amazing. I mean, it's like having that express, same thing people use it going north on 75, or you use it occasionally. Correct. Right? 75 north. Yes. But that was just... Just a breeze made it down to Savannah. Oh, you're talking about the new, yeah, yeah the, the toll. Yeah, yeah, yeah I got you. It's, it just, it saves you so much time. You got 18 wheelers jamming everything up. Yeah. We left on Friday night, went down to Savannah, see some friends. And But anyway, Christmas, we drove back yesterday from Amelia. Brother, just like packed. It was crazy. And I thought that, I figured like, you know, well, hey, Barbara, we'll be the only people on the road here on Christmas Day. No, and not only was it pretty heavy, everyone was driving like it was. Maniacs? Know, Driving like it was February 4th. Oh. Like it had nothing to do with Christmas. And no, no, like, Christian charity or spirit on the highway. <laughs> or, no, sir, you merge. Or, so, no. So did you, uh, did you get any finger, no, finger action? No. My thing was, here's my beef. And, Oren, jump in on this one. It's, you know, we, and we do this. We won't do it today because we got the coaches show. Because we'll do this for, uh, you know, last call. What drives you, grinds your gears, drives you crazy sure. when you're driving. Usually I'll be the rabbit, okay? I'm the guy who's maybe going, if it's 70, I'm going 84, right? Setting the tone. That's cool. <laughs> Please, Carl. I'm and sorry. Then, but I mean, but then there'll be a car, you know, that will be behind you. And I, you know, anything from five, you know, five car lengths on, I'm fine with it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. We're, we got ourselves a convoy and I'm the I'm the rabbit. But, you know, and some, but when you get on my, on my butt, I'm like, I'll get out of the way. And then this guy would then, nope, he'd pull behind. Like, what are you? He's like, following There's no you. common sense. Yeah, but uh, be like, it's almost like, okay, you're now you want to go faster. Now you pass me. me, and I'll now, follow now you. You do 25 miles, and you take your shot with Waze and the state police, yeah, and yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll follow you. Yeah, sure. No, you're exactly right. Like, yeah, I'm trying to be courteous right now. Like, if you want to go, go. It's all yours. Hey, I'm right. All you. Yeah. The only thing I can think of is I have an FSU magnet on the back of the car, and I'm like, is it a disgruntled ACC fan who hates me? Because everybody hates the, FSU right the, now. Everybody, it's like everyone hates Chris. Follow everybody that hates FSU car. FSU. And I don't know if that was the, the riding factor. Where people just decide they're going to you know, mess with that guy on the way back. They're destroying the conference. <laughs> you know? And Ike's looking at me like, I don't know what's going on. But anyway, there you go. There's your guy talk. Brought to you by Dukes and Bell. Hey, man, Ale, get some for your New Year's, guys. Don't yeah. forget New Year's. Oh, yeah, we're doing a, a gig. We're going to be playing uh, Braylon. Uh, I'm playing with uh, Ron and, uh, and uh, Clark the Clark Phillips band. I'm playing drums. This is, you know, it's just down in, in Coweta or that's Fayette County. It's in Peachtree City. So, yeah, New Year's Eve. Gonna Very be cool. Playing drums with the band. But anyway, don't show up uh, empty handed, whether your party's at a golf course or at your neighbor's house. Go get some Dukes and Bell. Hey, man. Ale. That's what's up. All right, coming up, West Durham is going to join us, guys, the voice of our Atlanta Falcons. Also, we'll get to the strong arm story of the day. Lots of NFL action yesterday. A clear picture for the playoffs, including with our Falcons. We'll talk about it next. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.